Hi there. Thanks for being here. I'm Greg, a leadership and career coach. In this podcast, you will hear the stories of people who found fulfillment and joy in their careers. You will learn how they identify their vocation, and you will hear the courageous changes they made in their lives to pursue their passion and purpose. I'm on a mission to help people start on their own path to meaningful success. It's a journey I embarked on myself after 15 years in a career that had all external markers of success, but had lost purpose and joy. If you're looking for direction, check our Find Direction course on www.derby.me. Derby yourself, my friends. My guest today is Rob Firth, who was the teacher of my daughter in year five. And I could tell from the stars in her eyes when she was coming home after school that Rob is an exceptional teacher. I could also tell from the progress uh, she made during the year. But that's not the reason Rob is with us today. The reason is that before teaching, Rob was a qualified lawyer or solicitor, and, and I wanted him to share the story of how he went from being uh, a lawyer to becoming a primary school teacher. So Rob, a warm welcome to the Derby podcast. Thank you very much uh, for the invite to come on. So I thought we could start with you telling us about the first day. So it would be a bit less than a year ago. Uh, I believe, when you had just started becoming a teacher. And I know first days are special days for every teacher, even those who have a lot of experience. But I'd love for you to tell us you know, how it was for the first time after having made that transition. Yeah, it was certainly nerve-wracking, I'd say, just to have these 25 to 30 faces staring at you and hanging on your every word. And there, the children are certainly apprehensive, and the teacher's apprehensive, and in particular, because it was my first time with a class of my own. But then what I find with teaching is that once I get going, I feel in my flow and it feels natural. And so after the first, I don't know, 10 seconds of being a bit nervous and perhaps mispronouncing some names, it just felt natural and it progressed nicely, I thought. I'd love to go back to the flow and, and how it feels natural because that's something I, I teach. Looking back, has there been any surprise in a either negative or positive way? It's been quite a tricky year because of COVID and the pandemic. So I still don't think I've had a true year of teaching because it you'd be sometimes the children are out of school, sometimes in school, you're doing a mixture of both online learning as well. So it's been a very strange year to, to have you as your first year of teaching. That has come with its pros and cons. We feel a bit more confident with online teaching, whereas before I like the children in front of you in the classroom, you can work off their reactions. Whereas online, I think it is a bit harder to see that and to feel whether they understand it, whether they get it. And I suppose one thing just from a teaching perspective, because we were in our own bubbles. I haven't met as many of the other teachers and I, when I was training, what I really enjoyed to do, to go into other classes and watch other teachers teach. And I haven't had that opportunity. And I think that's a fantastic way to learn from others who have got more experience than me or perhaps teach in a different way or a different style and then try and take bits that I like from that. I thought you could tell us a little bit about how you were as a child, maybe at school as well, what type of upbringing you had and put this in the context of how could this inform where you are today or not? Yeah, it's quite, so primary school was just, I'd say, I don't know, quite an average run of a meal primary school. It was very small. 
It's just one form entry. I loved playing sports when I was younger. My memories of primary school were just playing football in the playground. We had quite a good football team and playing against other schools, but I genuinely can't remember that much about what I learned in primary school. And maybe that's because I'm getting on now or I'm not too sure, but, and then the big change for me, and it was a big step up was when I went to secondary school and it was a grammar secondary school and it was very academic. Every half term we'd have tests in every subject. At the end of the year, you got ranked within each subject. I quite liked that. I liked the almost competitive side of it. And then again, there was a good sporting element to it as well. So I really enjoyed that, but I'd had to work extremely hard. I don't think there's some people who seem just to be able to get away with not doing much work and still get good results. But I was one of those people who had to work extremely hard to get those results. Through those years, what's been the influence of your parents on your education? They, they definitely valued it and they wanted me to do my best, but it was very much self-driven to do well. I very much saw going to university, doing well in exams as like a passport to a better future. I thought I, I made that link that right, if I do well at school and I'll get good results, if I get a good job, I'll get more money. That was, I think the progression that I went through and they helped me as much as possible. Once at school, once I left there, went to university, studied history and Russian because I, I knew I wanted to go into law at quite relatively young age, I knew I didn't have to study a law degree to become a lawyer in England. So I thought I'd still keep it a bit broader, keep my interests. I spent a year in Russia, which was great fun. And during the last year of university, I was applying for trading contracts. You knew earlier on that you wanted to do a law degree. When did you know? How did you know? Yeah, I thought it would be a good career to have. That's what I, I thought. And I, I suppose that came about when you're choosing your A-levels. So like 15, 16 years of A's. Also during that year, we had to do two weeks of work experience. And I worked in a barrister's chambers and I quite liked going into London and enjoying that. I was a, was a junior barrister's clerk, I think the role. So I was taking bundles to court and things like that. And it was very admin, but I got to see um, some of the barristers in court and things like that. And I'd, they were obviously extremely intelligent and the way they work was very impressive. And I always thought, oh, that's something to aim for. That's a step I could try and get to. So and I thought it with law, really interesting potential areas to work in as well. I enjoyed what I saw from that. And then during university, you could apply for uh, vacation schemes, working in a law firm. And I did a couple of those. And you're doing a bit of work and you're exposed to some of the work that you would be doing as a, a trained and qualified uh, solicitor. And I, I did enjoy it. I liked going into London. I liked putting a suit on and a tie and I thought, okay, this could work. I could find a niche that I might like and enjoy and potentially excel in. So at that point, it seemed quite natural just to go down and perhaps naively of me, I didn't really consider other jobs or careers that. I could have taken it. You haven't gone down the doctor route. It's the lawyer route for you. So that's how I saw it. I was on the track and just had to keep on going and tick off things that get my degree, do the conversion course, find a training contract, become a trainee solicitor, then get qualified. And yeah, I just saw it as little steps that I need to tick off. And then eventually at the end of it will be 
happiness and a big paycheck. I think that's how I saw it. And then what happened? I got my training contract, started my two years as a trainee solicitor. And actually I did enjoy that. I like being a trainee because you would spend four months in different departments in the law firm. And so that was quite nice, that variety of working with different people, doing different types of law as well. And I also got to spend four months in their Paris office, which was um, great fun. And then qualified into the shipping asset finance and shipping finance team. And then within about six months, I thought, I don't like this. I was having a conversation with a partner in the tax team. And that was my last seat out of six in the tax team. And I'd already chosen to qualify into the shipping finance department before I sat in my taxi and there weren't any jobs in the taxi. So he said, oh, we, we could try and find you a job in the taxi for you if you want to change. That just, that'll be good for, I really got on uh, extremely well with him. So I thought, okay, that could prolong my law career a bit. So then I did a swap, an internal transfer and worked in the tax department. And I was enjoying that more. And I particularly liked working with this partner as well. Because it was such a small team and he, I felt he was mentoring me really well. And I was joy, enjoying it, but I don't know whether I was good at it though. I don't think, yeah, it was quite strange, but feedback I'd get positive, but I, I didn't know within myself whether I was naturally good at whether I was excelling at it, whether I got it essentially. <laughs> so that was quite strange. And then another partner came along, so they were trying to expand the tax team and he came along and he was very different and not. Yeah, it put a different, there was a different dynamic within the team. I, d I didn't enjoy that as much. And I found it a lot more challenging and not as enjoyable, I suppose. And then that's when I was really starting to consider is law for me. I've already changed within six months and I think it would have been about two and a half, three years. I worked in a tax department and then I was just thinking, could I see myself? Where's the next step? Is it continue here, try and make partner? And I was thinking, I'm not enjoying it at the moment. How can I do this for another five, six, 10 years, however long it is to become partner. And so that made me start to think, right, maybe you need to see what else is out there. When you moved from the shipping to the tax department, it sounded like already, you knew, were you already asking yourself questions of, am I in the right place? No, definitely. I remember going into my first, after a few months of being in asset finance and having a review. Uh, with a couple of partners and they were discussing how I was getting on. And part of me wanted, so yeah, part of me wanted them to almost say, you're not good enough. We don't want you here. You're fired essentially. Part of me wanted that. And then it will make the decision for me mm. because I, w I was, I knew then I wasn't enjoying it, but I didn't know what else there was. And yeah, I'd never probably sat down to think about what other options are there. And at that stage, money becomes a factor as well, because you're getting well paid and you can see. In law, you essentially know every year your salary is going to increase by a certain amount. And it's you know quite nice to have that. When you said part of me wanted them to fire me, how did you know that part of you was asking for this? I just wasn't happy. I just didn't enjoy it. I, it wasn't, like I said at the beginning, that flow. There wasn't a sense of flow. There wasn't a sense of natural enjoyment. And I saw definitely not with everyone. There were definitely people who was similar to me and didn't enjoy it. And I felt it was like a slog. I was going through the motions, I suppose, but I did see people who did get a buzz out of doing these deals, who liked the late nights, I just didn't find it interesting. And so I suppose I was just thinking, it, will it get better? Will after a few years, will it become more interesting? Will I just enjoy it more? I didn't 
get a buzz from it. So you were not enjoying it as much and, uh, but you didn't know what else you could be doing. So I guess it's a very difficult thing to accept that, well, actually I'm not in the right place. Okay. Yeah. So you try the tax department, you enjoy it. It sounds mostly because of the partner. Exactly. I think that's what it was. It was because of that friendship that I had with the partner. And then what about the, the task and, and, and the work it's, I find it more interesting definitely because whereas with a deal based team, it's very much like quick, fast pace. Whereas tax, I felt it was a bit more slower and relaxed and you had more time to read and understand, digest, and it, I enjoyed that intellectual element of it, but I wasn't reading tax journals on the weekend and books and things like that. Whereas some partners, they, they would do it and you know, to get ahead, that's what you need to do. Read the tax cases in your spare time. And I just, I wasn't doing it. So again, that was showing me that it wasn't a passion, mm. definitely not. And just linking back to what you're saying as well, not only did I not know what to do, I was also at this stage thinking I've invested so much time into this as well, that surely I need to try and make it work or put a bit more effort into it and maybe I'll enjoy it. So I do remember as I took some tax books homes, tried to make notes on them in the spare time and try and understand it and delve into it. But I mean, that lasted a couple of weekends and I thought, I can't do this. It was just, yeah, I did, I did make an effort just to try, but I think I was just kidding myself essentially. And so you were saying I'd spent about two and a half or three years as a lawyer in the tax department, the new partner comes in, you don't enjoy the atmosphere anymore. And, and then what? So then I went, then I was starting to invest time to think about what I can do. So I was reading books about careers, about happiness. And at this time as well, I started going out with my girlfriend who became my wife and she loved her job. She's a self-employed artist and I saw that enjoyment that she got from it. And I thought you can obviously do it. And I would quite like a piece of that. So it was seeing someone who'd actually done it because speaking to a lot of my friends from university and from school were lawyers, accountants, bankers working in London, very similar. And so this was something new and refreshing and with the friends from university and school, I get some of them do enjoy it, but I think part of me think a lot of them also think, could I be doing something else or, but maybe now that they've stuck in there and they're a bit more senior, so then they get more responsibility and they enjoy it more. Um, but for me, I think I just, it, it all got a bit too much and I thought I need to try something different. And it was, it was fortunate that I saw a person who could get real, a real sense of enjoyment from their work. And I thought, you know, I should try and find that as well. From your friends, how much of them would you say enjoy what they do and are generally interested in what they do? It's tricky to say because I, I think it does vary from week to week, even day to day, but I could doubt many of them, if any, would say it's their real passion, I doubt, but they obviously enjoy it enough not to quit or not to find something else. Yeah. It, it, I, was, I was speaking to one recently and he's at a comfortable place in his career. Now he, he knows he doesn't have to work too hard to prove himself. He's getting well paid. I said, potentially you can say it's like coasting a little bit, but then to try and find something that he really enjoys would be a risk, you know, financial commitments, but a family now as well. So 
I think that adds even more pressure as well. I remember always thinking that phrase, the grass is always greener. And shouldn't I just be happy with what I've got? Shouldn't I just stick it out? It could be a huge risk if I do something else. So yeah, all of these emotions and questions, I think people mm. must tussle an internal struggle with them quite a lot. And, and what sets you apart, do you think, from your other friends? Is it because they are closer to personal interest and enjoyment? Or is it that there is something in you that just calls for something that's more meaningful or more enjoyable? I just wonder if you've got any idea. I think it really, a lot of the changes were because of my now wife. And having that first-hand account of someone who has that true happiness in their job, in their career. And I just thought, it's, I've, I can see this now. Someone's done it, but I want to try. I, I owe it to myself and to her to try to find it as well. Um, because I could just see myself or I continued in law, I'd just be a miserable old man when I was getting old, like it, yeah, it just wouldn't be that fun to be around. And it, the partners who enjoyed it, you can see they enjoy it, but it does encroach on their personal life as well. I think a lot and their family life. And I started to think, I, I just don't want this. I don't, what they're offering this, the partnership and things like that, I, I wasn't interested. Whereas I think perhaps some other friends still think, okay, that goal of partnership, that's what I want. So they're hanging on in there. And I do think law is a career that if you do find that niche that you really enjoy, then it's an amazing career. But I hadn't found it and I tried a couple of different variations and still hadn't found it. So I thought, I think I've had my go here. I should try something else now. Yeah. And just to go a little deeper on, on the question of what sets you apart, if anything, is so what they were offering this partnership was not attractive enough um so there's a lot about status and would you say you did say hey going to london wearing a suit yeah. that was attracting i think as a young man maybe yeah and then i'd perhaps grow out of it i'm not too sure but i just i just thought there's got to be something else i should just try something else while i'm still young it didn't have children at that stage so I thought take a risk now rather than get even more embedded into it. So yeah, I, did, I just, something was obviously telling me I should try something else. I went to a, a career advisor as well. And then it was during the honeymoon where I just had quite a prolonged time of not being in the office, not worrying about those sorts of things. I thought, right, I need to try something else and do it when I get back from the honeymoon and continue that momentum and yeah, I just did that. Can you tell how long was the period of questioning? It was a while. So tax department, new partner came, didn't enjoy it as much. Then I started to really question, what do I want to do? When Red started reading books, went to the careers advisor. Set from the careers advisor, we both came up with the fact I should become a teacher. But still part of me wasn't willing to accept that. And so I thought, I've only been in this law firm. Why don't I try another law firm in a different area of law. So then had a few interviews at different law firms. So then moved to a different law firm, changed into a slightly different area of law, but I was still questioning. I joined in January. We got married in September, then honeymoon. And I thought it's not working. I mm -hmm, need to do mm -hmm. something different. And, and the career advisor compared yeah. to January? Say August before the January. Got it. And yeah, and it was quite therapeutic, I have to say. I remember going into their office and he was just asking me these questions and it felt like a relief to 
to figure out in my head that I didn't enjoy law and being honest with that. And it was a very informal meeting, but yeah, just asking what things do you enjoy? And essentially by the end of it, we were discussing teaching and I was going down that route. I just couldn't take that jump then. There was a part of me that had to try something else first within law before I then put <laughs> that job jump. And I remember someone, I was talking to a colleague and she said, you're just delaying the inevitable by moving into another area of law. You're just, you're going to go back to teaching, but if it makes you feel happier, then try it you know, a different area of law. I mean, at the same time, I understand, right? You had invested many years of your life already into law and just giving up after one meeting, however powerful that may have been, is a big jump. So you were lowering the risk. Just two quick questions. Uh, any book that helped you particularly? One was called The Quarter Life Crisis. Okay. I enjoyed that. And then I think it's The School of Life, A Job to Love as well. Mm. As well. And there are other books on happiness as well. And that, yeah, a lot of them talk about purpose and meaning. And I, I knew that I didn't see my purpose or meaning within law. That definitely resonated with me, this idea of purpose and meaning. And, and your career advisor, what made you look for one and, and how did you find it? So th this was quite fortunate and by chance it was a family friend of my girlfriend and she just said, why don't you just chat to them? What's the risk? So I just did that and it was very informal. It sounds like before this meeting with a career advisor, you knew or you had an intuition that you wanted to become a teacher. Yeah. How did you form that, that knowledge? So I really enjoyed tutoring. So when I was at law school, I'd tutor on the side and I, I looked forward to that a lot. When I was a lawyer at the firm I spent most of my career, would do pro bono work and at Wednesday lunchtime, some people went to the uh, local primary school and taught maths and English. And that was the highlight of my week. And I remember saying, so I love this. And I said, why don't you do it full time? Why don't you become a teacher? There was that obvious sense of purpose and meaning as well within teaching. You know, you're helping the next generation. I think that for it, it's, I can see that I can buy into it. And I think that was really as well, just that draw towards teaching and education. Yeah. And, and, and what exercises or books or made you go back to reconnect with what you really enjoyed and what you were looking forward to on the highlight of the week? Sometimes people forget about that. Yeah. I think writing things down, I remember. And just having the time to think as well and just giving yourself mental and physical space just to be able to think and try and work out what you actually enjoy. I remember quite like yoga as well. I don't do it as much anymore, but it was quite full. When I qualified as a solicitor, usually you can get like a sabbatical. And so I, I took two months off and traveled around and I went to a yoga retreat in India. And that was like just having that time to think. And one of the exercises was to write down everything you enjoy. I just wrote down this list and I thought, right, could I turn this into a job? And I came up with, it was something like cycling around the world, teaching young children English and learning their languages. That's what I came up with. I'd only been doing law for two and a bit years at that point. And I already knew, but I didn't enjoy it. Or I just would never admit it to myself. When I knew I was doing this podcast, I was talking to my wife a lot about it. And she was saying, 
it's just being honest with yourself and trying to tap into yourself and know what you truly want. Because I could have stopped there. I could have stopped there with law after two years because I already knew I didn't find a purpose in it. And I, my interests lie elsewhere. And with your interests, I think I would find the passion as well. So yeah, I think it is just having that time to reflect and to assess. And I suppose it would be a lot more convenient if I'd done that before, before choosing to go into training contracts, but it's so tough. What I find within the system of work experience, you never know what the true aspects of your job will be until you're there. So mm. it's quite hard to know, but as I said at the beginning, I think it was perhaps naive of me not to try other careers and other things that thinking at that stage of what am I passionate about? So try and afford your career after that. You said yeah. teaching as part of a charity was the highlight of your week and somebody or yourself told you, what if that was my job, but you didn't make it your job. Uh, I would just be curious to understand why, what happened there? What was happening in your mind? By nature, I'm potentially quite risk adverse. So just taking that leap. Also, yeah, as I said before, it was, I'd invested all this time in law. So why would I then go to teaching? Perhaps a part of me as well thought that I've become a lawyer, almost a status symbol with law. And I think, oh, could it be, would it be seen as a failure if I then went into teaching? So I think, yeah, all of these questions going through my head, obviously pay as well. Having the salary of a lawyer is a lot more than the salary of a teacher. So just the practicalities of, well, paying off mortgages and things like that. There were just lots of factors and I scared myself out of it. It was essentially just being too afraid to make that jump and not having the confidence to make it. Okay. So for about a year, you gained the confidence that it was what you wanted. You went on honeymoon and then what happened? So it was, came back, had the interview with the tutoring company got that job there. Then as soon as I got that handed in my notice at the law firm that had a three month notice period and I was just tutoring on the side just to get the tutoring clients um, to come back. And I didn't have a plan at that stage. What I wanted to do was go in to teach and assess my options. So I felt and probably right that I needed an income. And I thought tutoring will provide me with an income. And it's also something I've identified that I enjoy. So that was like a safe bet. And then I'd set out little goals of what I wanted to do during that next year. Cause I you know, officially left law, I think it was December, end of December that year. So then for this forthcoming year, what do I want to do? And it was to gain experience within schools because initially when I thought of teaching, I initially thought of secondary school. And so I hadn't even considered primary school at that stage. I was, I was thinking I can't make the same mistake as I did with law. I want to try and get plenty of experience and to know what I'm getting into. So then I organized placements at schools, so week long experiences at different schools, just to get a feel of those schools. And it was, I'm glad I went to a primary school as well, because comparing that immediately with a secondary school and these were just one of each, but I just felt there was so much more energy there and creativity. And I was naturally drawn to that. So then that made me rethink, right? Maybe I 
try and go down the primary school route. And from that week experience, they then offered me, you, you could become a teacher assistant and then you could go into their program of training. So I thought that's a, another good way for me to get more experience in schools, working with children. So I went down that route. I quite liked that system. From there, I qualified as a teacher and then found a job at Belleville. Mm -hmm. And then that's up to date. Quite a few steps here. You said you're a risk averse person, but you went to tutoring without a plan. And you had some goals, you had an idea of what you wanted, but still that's quite a bold step. How was it to hand in your resignation and make that decision? I felt really handed in re resignation felt relief. So that was a good sign ending this part of my career. How about before? No, it's still really to have made that decision in my head and to know this is what I'm going to do now. It was, it was just a sense of relief. Like I think when I'd done it before my previous firm, it was almost all right, the potential, the excitement of a new law firm, a different area, there's potential there. Whereas with just ending law, it's, I just felt really, and I, I don't regret it at all. I don't look back, oh, I wish I was still a lawyer or anything like that. And now some of my friends are making partner. I think they achieved what they wanted to do and I feel happy for them, but there's no sense of me, oh, I wish I'd stayed on. And so I'm glad that for me is self, it's confirming that I made the right decision that. Yeah, it's clear. I'm talking to you. There is no question that you made a very well-informed choice. That was from you. You felt relief. How about other people? How did they react? My wife is extremely happy and she just wanted me to be happy and to find my passion. So she's extremely supportive like, throughout the whole process. My parents were quite worried. Got this mortgage you need to pay. Will you find the money? You've obviously got accustomed to a certain style of life. Will you be able to afford? And just questioning, I think, lots of questions. And it's, great. it's a good thing because I need to address them myself. But I think now they can see that I do really enjoy teaching and it was a good decision. And that's another thing, even though it's my decision, I was still thinking about how they would perceive it. And then with friends, I think, yeah, they were supportive as well. I didn't upset anyone by doing it. And I think most people were supportive of it. <laughs> yeah, probably quite interesting to see how it did work out as well. If any of them were thinking about it, just to see what actually it is like outside of you know, the city. You can say serve the same purpose uh, with this podcast, the same purpose that your girlfriend and now wife played mm. for you. Exactly. To know that there is something else. I think it was just to make that initial leap and I delayed it a little bit, but I knew that's the route I was going down and just thinking about what steps need to put in place beforehand and you can't put all the steps in place but to at least for me it was having that little bit of financial security so as soon as i got that job with the tutoring that i thought it would work its way out in one way or another I'd follow a path and an interest you said you wanted to go to secondary and then you tried the primary school and you were really attracted by the creativity and the energy Th those are important moments when you're in you know, intense observation mode and, and you try and compare or experience fully what's going on. Can you just tell about this experience of going into the secondary school and then the primary school and, and yeah. how did you manage to pick that up? Yeah. So the first week was in the primary school and it's buzz in the building of all young people enjoying themselves, wanting to learn. 
the displays on the walls, the noise at playtime. It was just, it was a hub of energy, I think. And I, I enjoyed that. And I suppose coming from an office where it's quite a stale environment, just to have all this color on the walls and all this noise, I, I just enjoyed it. It attracted me. And then the second week was the secondary school. And that was a different experience. And it, I remember coming back and saying it felt like a prison almost. It was very, it was gray walls. If the children were misbehaving, they got taken out and taken to another room and it just felt too intense. It was obviously my feelings, but I just didn't get that sense of enjoyment there. And one thing I was thinking you know, with the primary school as well, you get the breadth of teaching, whereas secondary school, you'd have to specialize in one subject. I would never have picked maths to teach at secondary school, not for a million years, but it's one of my favorite subjects to teach at primary school. Maths has a stigma attached to it. And a lot of the children are quite negative towards it. But when they get a moment where they, oh, I can do it. Like that for me is so rewarding. I'm glad I did the experience in both of them to prepare. When you talked about making the leap, what's been the most difficult part of making that leap? It was the initial bit, just to knowing is this a mistake or not? And when I handed in my like, resignation letter, afterwards I felt really like relief and joy. So I knew that was the correct thing to do. So that was like a big tip, but it was before that, but is this the right thing? Is the self-doubt, I think. But then it's been quite a nice path. It's built up steadily momentum and I've just enjoyed it. There's sometimes I'm questioning, you know, cause I'm still tutoring at the moment, but if I don't get enough tutees one month, I, I slightly concerned, like, have I got enough money coming in, things like that. There is still that like financial doubt, but it, it does just seem to work out and yeah, you just have to tighten the purse strings for a month. I don't, it feels strange that because it's something I enjoy and feel passionate about, I'm just getting more enjoyment from it. It's like self-perpetuating, I presume. And as I was saying before, to get ahead at in law, I would have had to have read all these tax journals and things like that and the tax cases in my spare time. And I just wasn't interested in it. My reading now, I, I enjoy reading about education. I read, reading about learning. So it doesn't feel as much like work in my spare time. It's enjoyment. Cause one thing that I realized when I was reflecting on myself is that I really, I, I do enjoy to learn. I enjoyed my time at school, at secondary school and learning and pushing myself. And if I find a subject that I'm interested in, then I will do that naturally. And that subject just wasn't law for me. I, I didn't find a niche within law that I was wanting to put in that extra effort in. Whereas with education, I find it interesting. I want to know at the moment I'm reading a book about what the future of education may be and how perhaps we're not doing it right in schools at the moment. What should we teach in the children? For the future that they're going to have and i just find it fascinating so it's, it just feels more natural and it's more relaxing i think whereas with law it felt like a burden and coming back and just not feeling good at doing your job as well i think that's and not enjoying it is an emotional stress i think yeah not it, to live with it for 30 years exactly and that's what it would be if i'd stuck at it the hardest thing was admitting to myself as well that this is what I need to do and then taking the plan to do it. My last question for you is then what's next? It's I'm definitely going to continue teach. I've really enjoyed being in the classroom. 
I enjoy being in the classroom, learning my trade, trying to better myself as a teacher. And then I'll just see what happens naturally. I think at this stage, just enjoy being a teacher, enjoy learning new skills. I think I'd like to go to different year groups, perhaps lower down the school. As my daughter gets older, I'll be able to meet somewhere so I can help her out and just enjoy doing that. And then it'll be so cool in the future to, you know, I was fortunate enough to be a head teacher and to have my influence and how I thought education should be. People do some really creative things. And I love this head teacher I was reading about. He set up this town within a school. So every pupil had a role within the town. Some would be the news readers, some would be the radio presenter, just so they're learning skills that you can then mm. have in the future. And I just thought that sounds incredible. If you could have your input in that, and that would be amazing. A few years, I'll reassess and try and work out where I'd like it to go. But yeah, just get as much experience as I can. I was not in even thinking of asking you this question, but if there are parents that were looking for a tutor, can they reach out to you? They can ask me in the playground, I suppose. I'll put that away. Okay, fine. Great. Is there anything else that you would have liked to cover today? The most important thing for me was just being honest with myself. Because when you're making these decisions about what career and you're choosing your dis uh, subjects at 16, you don't know a lot about yourself. And I never properly sat down and thought about what I want to do. So it's just giving yourself that time and space to think and then try and get as much exposure as you can. Try and follow your passions and see what come out of that. Rob, it's been a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story with us. Thank you. Hi there. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Derby podcast. I hope it inspired you and that you got to learn about what it actually is like when you decide to do what you really want to do. I am on a mission to help people start on their path to meaningful success. So if you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it to people who may benefit from it. Also, if you know of people who need direction, tell them about Derby. They can find us at www.derby.me. Till next we meet, Derby yourself.